Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Before I turn you over to the podcast, I just want to remind you that this podcast is made possible because of Game Art Institute. So if you're interested in a career in game arts, either in character arts or environment or one of the other directions that we're moving into in game design, for example, AR, VR, then head over to GameArtInstitute.com. The specialty, the thing that we really focus on there and that's really important is that we pick up where almost all traditional schooling fails. We pick up where it really matters when you're trying to get that job, right? Now, you may have gone to school. You may know somebody who's gone to school and they've spent $100,000 and they have been woefully unprepared to get that job in the industry because this industry doesn't care if you went to Harvard. They don't care if you know Jimmy Jack, Sally Sue. They care about your work, and that means that you've got to be in a place, in a state, in a way where you are focused on producing the highest quality work that you can possibly produce. That's what we do at the boot camp. You come in, we get focused, and we produce results. So head over to GameArtInstitute.com. You can head over to the um, student work or the alumni page where you can see what our students are doing. That'll give you an idea of what people are producing. And if you're interested, make sure that you apply today so we can get into the uh, phone call with you. And we are looking for students and uh, we have spots to fill. So make sure you give us a call. And I look forward to chatting with you then. All right, now back to the programming. And on that, I have to start the recording because that's a great way to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Machar does mean, and it's actually an Arabic last name, but uh, in Spanish, it means murder. Okay, good. I was like, what? <laughs> All right, so it's just that when it switches to another language, it's a great. My daughter's name is actually Arabic, um, Aisha. We didn't, I didn't know that when I heard it. I just heard the word Aisha, and I was like, I love that name. It sounds like air. <laughs> and then my, you know, my wife, she's Indian. She's, um, she's from New Delhi. And, um, you know, there was a movie, a Bollywood movie called Aisha, Aisha. It was a whole song, whole song and dance, of course, Bollywood style. So it stuck. That's a really nice name, actually. Everybody calls her Aisha and drives her nuts. Aisha? Yeah, just Aisha. Um, yeah, you're better off sharing your screen. I'm not having a lot of luck with nice files. All right. The Ramona file, but. All right, so we're here. Um, you're looking at my screen, guys. I've got Instagram and Irene Weenie. <laughs> I've got Irene Matar here with me. Irene, thanks for joining me. Uh, no problem. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. We got off to a little bit of a rocky start. I also have with me a friend of mine, Jason Finley, and um, he is a sculptor, character artist, and a crypto Bitcoin, Bitcoin. No. How, what do you, you know, how do you describe this uh, whole cryptocurrency thing, Jason? Uh, I call it crypto, uh, crypto assets rather. There you go. Crypto assets. Um, aficionado so we'll say that yeah. we'll it's, say a, that. it's a hobby it's a hobby all right great uh all right so I, irene um let's start this conversation out i'm gonna switch over to jason and he's got some questions for me for you from just an artist perspective but uh, you know just give us a little bit of background um what do you do now what's the you know how do you make your bread and butter pay your rent all that good stuff um so i'm i work um as a freelance sculptor um mm -hmm. I work like different contracts. Um, I recently left, I used to work at a uh, Disney feature okay. for about five years. Yeah. Um, and now I'm working um, right now. I, I work for like DC and, uh, and uh, riot games. Um, I think that's all I've got right now. Yeah. But I, I'll pick up like different freelance contracts normally. Um, I work for Mondo. Um, I mean, I've worked all over the place, like Hasbro, Mattel, like you name it, Rhythm and Hughes, Leica, um, 
So I mostly did, I started off doing um, uh, traditional sculpture and now yeah. I do, you know, digital. What would you use? Mudbox, Blender, uh, ZBrush? I use ZBrush and Maya mostly. Now. Okay. Maya, was Maya like a, um, that like totally screw your brain up for a while? Um, no, actually I, uh, I started off, okay. I started off my career as an animator. So there you uh, go. So, so no. So I, I guess I, I started off modeling in Maya before I even touched ZBrush. What? What yeah. about, um, what about traditional modeling? You said, did you do traditional sculpting? Yeah, I did. I was, I was an animator, but as a hobby, I would, I would do, uh, I would sculpt in Super Sculpey or Chavant, Wax, like you name it. And um, then that led to a career doing that? Yeah, so I was only doing traditional um, sculpture while working as an animator for films. Man, and then, you went the totally opposite way. Yeah, exactly. So I actually knew how to, I had learned how to 3D model like in school, um, which I had never used those skills. I was like, oh yeah, I, I know how to model, but I, I'd rather sculpt. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So you, <laughs> what got you into animation to begin with? I mean, I know all the colleges, it's like animation and everybody's animators, animator it drives me nuts as a sculptor. It's like, what do these animators know? You know, they can't animate anything until somebody builds it first. But, you know, how, what got you into animation? Um, originally, well, yeah, it was, it was literally that I was going to study. Um, I had like nightmares about working in a cubicle when I was growing up. And so I thought like working in art would free me. And like, of course, lo and behold, I work in a cubicle. Um, but I, I, so I was looking at, at working in um, uh, graphic design mostly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I found like one of those terrible like online schools and they were advertising um, uh, animation. And I was yeah. like, well, I love animated movies, so I'm gonna do that. It's more yeah. drawing. So I, I, I went to one of those like Art Institute schools. Yeah for animation and it turned out it was like a I mean it was a terrible idea but it turned out like good because all those all the teachers were um were 2D animators um there was a studio where I went to school in Phoenix mm -hmm. and and they were all still working in at uh Fox Studios uh if you guys remember the old Fox Studios they did like Anastasia and uh like Bartok or like a couple other like total B movies mm -hmm. um, and so they were still working in the industry, and I learned how to. I originally learned tr traditional animation, um, and I actually worked as an in-betweener for a while. Wow. Yeah, before I graduated, and then I, I moved on to, uh, you know, like 3D animation. How'd you learn 3D then? Did you have to do it on your own? Uh, no, like school. I we had we had a lot of uh, traditional animation, and we had 3D classes as well. Okay, got this it. This is around like 2000, like two, like very oh, early. Yeah. yeah. You're old school like me, so you know yeah, my so my my first computer when I did 3D, I came back to the states from Prague. I was like this poor poet in Prague, and I came back to the states, and the only computers that ran Maya were like Octane, so were like fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> like a hundred thousand dollars per computer, you know. And then they had just, I think, within six months to a year, they just shifted to the PC platform, and then suddenly it was like accessible to everybody. Long time ago. So yeah, I actually didn't have. I had never um, like touched like actually it was 3ds Max Max originally that I learned on. Um, I had never even touched it before going to school. Like only school had computers that could run it. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I had to learn it. Yeah. Exactly. We had to stay like we stayed yeah. in the lab. You know, insane hours. Yeah. Exactly. So that's great. So you've been at this for a while. Do you feel like you found your you found the thing that you love? Um, yeah, so I, I actually, I thought I loved animation and I'm in the whole time, like while I was in, in college, like I was always, we had like sculpture classes Yeah. Um, and I love those classes. Um, and then I graduated as an animator and I, and I, and I really liked it. I, I super enjoyed it um, for, for like, I worked for years as an animator before I was like, I always kept the sculpture as a hobby um, until, yeah, until I started making more money as a sculptor and I, I left animation. Uh, for for good, so so yeah, and I think I like it a lot more than animation now. I'm I'm really happy because I always felt as an animator like I have nothing to offer. I I felt that I didn't have that much to offer studios. Like I could animate like anybody else, but as a sculptor, I felt like I had a lot more to offer uh, companies and studios and just art in general. Yeah, do you ever sit back and think I'm gonna be doing this when I'm 60? Uh, no, I, 
I hope so. I hope this is still around by the time I'm 60. What do you think is going to go on when you're 60, when we're 60? You know, I was thinking of this just the other day. I was like, you know, because part of me, I grew up wanting to be a traditional artist. So I was like oil painting. And now I'm doing photo reel stuff, you know, in marmoset and dealing with subsurface scattering. And it's like, God, there's so many crazy things happening. Uh, yeah, like I actually wonder, like there's if you think about who your like heroes are, who you look up to in in 3D modeling, like how old is the oldest guy that you really admire? It's <laughs> <laughs> basically my age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like there, we don't have a lot of um, role models for for this career. So I I tend I try to like look out for people that have been doing this longer than I have, and there's not a whole lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and see what they're doing now. Like they're kind of branching off. If they're still doing it, or if they're like if they branched off into different things, if they're like, if they're supervisors now, like what, like what happens after, like when we want to progress in our career, you know? So I'm actually really, really, really curious. Yeah, that's great because, you know, we're at that stage, the supervisor is the next question, you know, do you become, and I have friends that did do the supervisor route. They're not necessarily happy with that decision. <laughs> you know. And, uh, and then once you're in the supervisor route, you get out of the tech side. So then it's hard to get back. Yeah. In. It, yeah. Then you lose, you lose practice. And then when you lose practice, like everybody is going to like do everything twice as fast as you for half the price. And then you're, mm -hmm. you're worthless. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I worry a lot about when I'm 60. Uh, okay, good. I'm not alone. <laughs> I took a year off to focus on the business and I came back and I'm like, oh my God. This is a lot of stuff to learn. Yeah, a, a lot of my animator friends went on to teach like online schools and, and that sort of thing. And I guess the same, it could be done for, for 3D. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, other than that, like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a plan. What, what's yours? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Uh, so tell me about this transition from animation to, to, um, to actually to freelance basically because you know I, I know a lot of people that like to do that scary as hell because you, you you know you uh, you were you said dc and riot so those are two really stable companies but in the beginning you're not generally working with stable companies you know you're just right. picking up gigs so How like did always, you switch uh, yeah so when i switched uh i think everybody so i, I was working so i worked on like a film or two as an animator mm -hmm. and then i started working in video games um and uh, and of course it, it became 2008, and everybody knows what happened in 2008. Uh, and so the company I was working for went under, mm. um, and it, I, all the companies that I applied everywhere, everybody had gone under, and I couldn't get any work anywhere as an animator. Um, and so I started. I went to Comic Con, and there was like some job fair stuff, and I saw Hasbro had a booth, and I went up there and I was like, oh well, I have all this sculpture stuff. I'm just gonna try and apply with that. And I went up to Hasbro, and I remember it was the most awkward interview. I literally just like slipped the guy like my my paper, you know, it's like paper portfolio. I just kind of like, he's like, hello. And I kind of didn't say anything. And I just like slid my paper over to him like my portfolio. <laughs> 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 he probably he probably didn't speak English. And uh, and he kind of like flipped through it and he was like, oh yeah, this is this is pretty good. Um and I had just like I had a bunch of clay maquettes. Um and then I, I didn't hear back. And then a few months later, like like I was like totally needing money because my job had completely gone under at that point and and uh i was late on rent and and i got a call from hasbro and they're like hey you want to come work for us like we'll 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 like house you for six months uh and what? i was like yeah and i was like are you guys in california and they're like no we're in rhode island and by by the way it's like uh december when they called me okay like, no, we're in rhode island <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay, I guess I'll take it. And they're like, cool, can you get on an airplane in three days? Like, it was literally three days. What? And I was like, are you guys serious? And they're like, yeah, we need somebody, like, real soon. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't have a choice, do I? And he's like, no. <laughs> but you're late yeah. on rent, so you don't have a home anyways. Yeah, exactly. And... So I was like, okay. So I had to, like, I literally had to, like, give my dog to, like, I think my mom had to come and take him. And I just got on an airplane. And, by the way, I'm in Phoenix at this time. I'm still in Phoenix. And I got on an airplane, I flew to Rhode Island. And by then, I think it was like, it was right after New Year's. It was like early January when I flew. And mm -hmm. um, and then it was, uh, it was like really, 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 really cold. It was nine degrees. I remember it was nine degrees. Cause ah, lovely. 
like 70. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then the wind chill, right? Because it's probably windy as hell. Was, I had never, yeah, that's never happened to me before. Um, <laughs> I in the car and I drive to Hasbro, and I was like, I guess I just drive to Hasbro now. And they had set me up at a hotel, like, and I sent a stay. And, and, and that was, and it ended up being like really cool. They trained me and how to do everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything was done in wax still. Um, wax and uh, yeah, mostly wax. Um, and then we we did like resin copies and stuff, and they completely trained me, got me all the all the equipment I needed for six months. And then I was like, hey, you guys know I know 3D, right? And they're like, you know 3D? And I was like, yeah, kind of. And then I started um, doing a little bit of 3D for them as well. Um, and after the six months, they kind of like cut you loose. They're like, cool, you're trained. Um, now work for us. And 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 I, and I did for a while, and then I uh, I I called Mattel, and I was like, oh, you guys. You guys pay a little more cool and then i work for mattel and and nice. yeah and I, I moved back to california i well, i moved to california and um and i just did i just worked contracts um from then on and then i also worked for like i i got a bunch of clients at that point um i worked for like jim henson and i was doing also like clay maquettes and i worked for for leica on paranorman it was all clay maquettes as well mm. For a while and those contracts i would actually like those were longer like like i was like i think like six to eight months that i lived in portland and and did a bunch of sculpture uh, was that there. digital or traditional traditional all traditional yeah um and i i met like a bunch of other traditional sculptors and like and i, I just started getting a lot of work that way uh doing contract stuff um and it was really fun for a while i, I really i like got the hang of it um i worked on like commercials i worked on other toys um and then by then the industry came back and then film was back and i started working for film again um after like 2011 i started working on top of like toy contracts because the Mm -hmm. the toy industry never really went under you know like collectibles and statues went under and 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 tv and film went under for a while um but then everything came back uh and as soon as everything came back i kind of left toys a little bit and then I started working, after that, I started working, uh, after working like Leica and I worked on like Disney Infinity figures as well. And then I, I worked in, uh, um, I started working for Disney feature and then I dropped a bunch of my contracts because they were like a, like a bigger job that I had time for. Mm-hmm. And so I kept like DC, Mattel and Disney. Um, and I got too busy and I dropped Mattel as well. And I just had DC and Disney for years. And now I've just got, and now I dropped Disney and now I have uh, Riot in DC. Yep. So, well, that's great though, because you're in a position to drop. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. And, so and that also, means also as, as, as a contractor, if, if you yeah. turn down work, uh, they tend to not like call you back later. Yeah. So, so that's kind of like, it's sometimes it's not like if you can't take work, it's like really painful. It's like, oh no, like I can't take you. I'm really busy. And then you won't, you're not going to get a call back next time. A lot of times. How do you, do you have to just reach out to them and keep reaching out to them later on? Or do you, is it burn? Is a bridge burn? Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not burn bridge, but like they'll, they'll find, if you can't do it, like they're going to find somebody that can, right? Yeah. Like whoever's the most available. And that's kind of how you survive doing freelance. Um, and well, now, now you... I've kind of gotten like more comfortable though. Okay. So yeah. Like yeah. And you've got the, you've got the mileage in there, but, um, so, and so if I understand it correctly, your start in this industry really came, you know, back in a time, you know, they don't do this kind of training anymore. Hasbro doesn't do this kind of training anymore, I imagine, or do they? They might, they, Hasbro's really good about hiring, um, people out of school because it wasn't just me. Like when I started at Hasbro, they, I think they had like three other, uh, like young, youngish people. Um, yeah. Had like a kid from high school there too. Oh wow, that's awesome. So they, they're they're very like generous about training you and getting you to a to a to a good level. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with Hasbro is that they 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 burn through them because they don't pay very well, right? So yeah. once you have a little bit of experience, you're like, I'm not why why am I working for you? You know, like right. This is, the pay is not yeah, it's like good student pay, but it's not professional pay. Yeah. And that's not to say that they pay everybody like like that, but that's the reason I I kind of like moved on, and that's why. Hasbro's a good like um, jumping off point, and I I think they have internships to this day. Like I think they recruit out of colleges. So what do you recommend people do today if um 
actually, I'm going to pull a question right from Jason. I'm going to pull Jason's first questions. Is it like, how do you break into the, um, into the industry, you know, today with all the dynamics is outsourcing, it's global, you know, outsourcing is just another way of saying it's a global marketplace right now. Um, you know, what advice do you give to people in terms of how they just get that first freelance job? Um, okay. Well now it's, it's a little bit different. Like when I first, the way I got on my, I mean, it sounds like, Oh, I just got this contract, but like the way I got the contracts is by walking around like the showroom at Comic-Con or like mm-hmm. CT like just with the portfolio in my hand and like literally talking to everybody um and like and that was that was back before they took over san diego it's probably it, much yeah similar. exactly this is like around well i did this like i've been doing this since like 2005 is when i started like kind of coming around with my portfolio like oh look at my work would you like me to sculpt something for you for free and yeah. i mean i don't recommend doing that but like that's kind of what i did i went around and i i did it's, it's more a little bit more research than that like i literally went in and looked up who's in charge of hiring at what company who's the art director here? And then I went to their booth and I asked for that specific person. And, ah. and I, I don't know if this, if you can do this or if it's like weird and creepy and stalkery, but that's what I did. I, I would look for somebody, go to the booth and be like, is this person here? What time? And, and a lot of times they'll just tell you because they assume you know them because you know their name. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I did that and they're like, come back at two and I will like, come back at two and I talk to this person. And, and DC actually, I did that with DC. I actually went ahead and sculpted something to show them before yeah. I met somebody there and they saw it and they're like, uh, yeah, I guess it looks all right. And then they, they never talked to me again. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, okay, go away. Um, and did, then they, like, did they literally say, yeah, it looks all right. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess it's, it's cool. Like, cool. Thanks for that. <laughs> like leave. <laughs> and uh, it was, I was kind of, I was like a little bit crushed, but I had like a long list of people to see because I had stocked a lot of companies. <laughs> yeah. uh, so <laughs> I didn't take it to heart. And and then eventually like, well, like almost a year later, they're like, Hey, are you that girl from comic? Like literally somebody what? had looked me up. Yeah. Like somebody had actually seen, remember that, that I had made this, I had made this Batman, um, yeah. the Cheeks Batman with, with another artist friend of mine. He had designed mm-hmm. it. I had sculpted it. We had pitched it to to DC and they're like, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. We don't care. And then they call me back and they're like, Hey, you saw that Batman. We want to produce it and we want to pay you to produce it. And I was like, that's amazing. And and they paid me, I re-sculpted it and I got like a little bit of work from them here and there. And then eventually I started getting like a lot more work from them and it was, it was really cool. Wow. That's great. So is that like just an innate, Try, uh, ability you have to not take that to heart or how does how do you manage oh, no, that because i'm I sure was, somebody's going to be crushed that's like you know it's like okay oh, great you know you worked your ass off and then all right fuck off yeah but you gotta like get used to rejection i mean like shit like you get rejected all the time i got rejected all the time it's just like all oh, right well sucks for you whatever like move on like i, I usually have like a long list of people to kind of like soften the blow <laughs> it's like okay one guy rejected me but i have like six other people I've stalked on social media <laughs> that will talk to me. Right. So it's just like, it's like dating. It's a numbers game, you know? Nice, man. All right. So you just got to do the work. What you advice know, do you have for people that are take this personal? Cause you know, we're artists, right? It's personal. Um, well, I guess if you can take it as personal as you want, as long as you keep going, you know, like I just, I guess just like, keep working on your own artwork. Um, as long as it looks good to you, maybe somebody else will like it eventually. Yeah. So when you're starting a project, what kind of stuff do you think about? How do you do this? Do you do design yourself? Like we're looking here at your Instagram and there's the Wonder Woman, the Supergirl, there's the, um, um, you know, all of this stuff. Gosh, it's just such beautiful work. But how, what do you think, or even like the Batman that's here? Um, what do you think about, how do you start to, preparer you know do you do do you read do you draw do you do you do a bunch of clay how do you do this um so i'm actually a little bit ashamed that i don't do a lot of personal art anymore but i used to do a Mm -hmm. lot of personal art um and i used to man i used to like research for like weeks before i even started and i do like sketches and i was like i was very like i guess disciplined i wouldn't let myself start until i knew exactly what i wanted um but now um now that I do it more commercially, mm-hmm. um, I don't, yeah, I guess I, I don't do much research. I mean, they, they give me the artwork and I'll, I'll look up the artist and I kind of, well, I guess I do do a little bit of research. I like to see what, 
what's um kind of what inspires the artists like i look at some of the artists other other work and if, if i get like one image let's say i only get a profile from the from this one artist like i'll look up yeah. his or his or her other work and i'll try to get different views to see how this artist like treats different angles um so yeah in in that sense yeah like I'll, i i will do a little bit of research and then what do you start with um just going into ZBrush or into some digital sculpting or Maya or? So it, it depends. Um, depends like if I have like, I, I get a lot of animated artwork, like a lot of um, really simplified stuff. That stuff, I will usually um, either start straight out of Maya, like if it's super basic, like super simplified, or I will um, start in ZBrush and then just do like a super low, like retop on it. And that's kind of how I start. But let me I find an example, though. Um, let me see. Like you, you looking at your files? Yeah, <laughs> looking at yeah. for something to show. Yeah, that'd be great. I can always switch over to your screen too. So uh, sorry, but let me. I have such a mess. It's embarrassing. Um, so I, I guess like the the most the most research I ever did was probably for um, if you guys ever saw those little um, Disney Infinity figures. Yeah. That's like by far the most research I ever did on a project because I was brought in there to do like visual development on those. Like mm -hmm. it was very early, so they had a bunch of artwork. Um, and so that that was really fun. I did a, I did so many I did so much research. I did like I I did like drawings. I did like hand sculptures before I even went to 3D. Um, let me find. I guess these are already out, so I can show them. So for the 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 Chrissy Sulo project. Um, it's on my Instagram. I did uh, four different um, superhero girls. Mm -hmm. um, that's not the right one. The Chrissy Zulu. The Zulu. Chrissy Zulu. Um, Zulu. Yep. It's a it. black girl, super girl, hot girl, yep. and one woman. Um, so for those, the way I did it, I had I had a I made a base mesh. Um, and I had to use it for, so I started off with like a, a real base, like stylized, like kind of like doll, mm -hmm. like with eyes. And because I had to share it across the board, right? Like to all the girls, because they're, okay. all, they're all like kind of the same style. Um, early on, and I think I did that, I think I did that in ZBrush. I did in ZBrush, retopologized in Maya, um, and then brought it back to ZBrush. And I did a lot of the accessories I did in Maya, actually. What's the purpose of retopology for you? As I opposed like, to just like, dynamation and sculpting. I, I don't like to, for for this animated stuff, which is supposed yeah. to be like perfect, like razor sharp edges mm -hmm. and yeah. like super clean. Like I, I don't use like smooth and I, I don't use any of that stuff. Like I'll just model it. I'll just model it like super low and then you get like a perfect, perfect. curved surface. And they, it gives them that look of like, like especially for like young girl toys and young boy toys, like. Um, just a really stylized look. It's easier. Mm -hmm. It's easier to model or, or retopologize. Oh, I just crashed. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so sorry. That's all right. That's all right. We got. We're showing my screen anyway. So. Files. Um, so yeah, I like to work like my files are very, very, very light normally because I, I have to do a lot of working contracts. So you have to do a lot of changes. Um, yeah, there it goes. Crash. <laughs> Okay, so that's so you basically model these. It's not that they're necessarily ZBrush sculpts. You're just going back, you know, yeah. years to basic polygonal modeling. Yeah, for my really, for my really basic ones, yeah, mm -hmm. like those the super animated styles. Of course, yeah. yeah, I'll mostly model that stuff. Okay, or I got I'll, it. I'll retop like super low. Okay, how do you handle the texturing and all of that stuff when it comes down to it? You know, because like Hawk Girl and it's got you know, a whole design I, on it. I don't do, you know what, like a lot of the animated stuff is all smooth. Like I don't do a okay. whole lot of texturing. Um, if I do, what's the, the last one I did to texturing? I did um, like one of the Supergirls, like I used Marvelous for her clothes. 
Mm -hmm. And I know very, 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 very basic Marvelous. Like I'm just like I can, I can barely survive in that in that software. Um, but yeah, pretty intense. Like, yeah, it's it's a it's a. I mean, it's 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 not that difficult. But like I can do like like skirts. Obviously, are super easy. Mm -hmm. Capes, stuff like that. Pants, even I can do. Um, and so that's what that I'll do in uh, Marvelous, and then I'll clean up in ZBrush. But I don't actually start to sculpt until the the piece is almost done. Like for my more most uh, like more realistic detailed stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Find a good file here. And then some stuff I do, even even if if I do sculpt it, I'll usually go back and and retop it <laughs> after I'm done. Just so I can like subdivide it because that's kind of like that's how you do the whole animated look. And then at the end, if there's like scribe lines or like more texture stuff, I'll sculpt that at the very end. Okay, I got it. Yeah, because it's so hard to control the surface if you're dealing with, you know, millions of polygons, right? Right, exactly. And, and even if I subdivide a lot, like I still keep like the super low subdivision. Yep. Uh, so I can find. And like the job, the work I do right now uh, for Riot is I, I make, um I don't have any pictures of them actually, but maybe I can show a link to the almost a more recent one I just worked on. Yeah. Um, you can post a link in chat and I'll be able to right, push that. Right. I'll post it in chat. So this is the most recent one to come out. This is one of the first things I, I kind of worked on. Where's the chat? It'd be a little speech bubble in the interface. So that's one of the ones. Uh, so at Riot, they work with an outsourcer, and um, mm -hmm. they're, I think, like Russia or, or Bulgaria. They were, they have an outsourcer that, that they work with, and they do a, like a ton of work. And then my job currently right now is I'll do some of the statues, some of the stuff I'll like, I'll like fix. On this one specifically, um, it was it was partially completed uh, when mm -hmm. I got it, and like all these accessories. Um, they had actually modeled, I think they model most of it because this outsourcer, they, they do mostly video games. Okay. Um, and so it was, it's all very clean and like low poly. Uh, and then like the face, I reworked the face and like did some stuff for the hair. And I just kind of like did like a, a, a pass on just on her in general. Um, I usually do some pose. I do a lot of pose stuff. You get the um, cleaner, um, form around the deltoids and yeah yeah i'll do like some the kind of stuff anatomy stuff yeah i'll do stuff like that like yeah. more stylized anatomy is I, uh, I get a lot of work for doing stylized anatomy okay got it and how important is anatomy in this kind of conversation if somebody's thinking about what they need because and i'll set this up a little bit because you know i i trained traditionally I trained in the pennsylvania academy of fine arts and um and I learned anatomy and I learned how to draw and, and all that stuff. But I was in this meeting with somebody who was reviewing a storyboard I did. And um, and it was this foot that steps in this puddle of uh, water. And I was like, shit, how do I draw a splash of water? I'm like, I got to get some photo reference. I got to go. And I'm going to – and how am I going to render water? And so I'm in this meeting with this guy and he's like and, – and I say, you know, he's like, yeah, you need to put a splash in there. And I'm like, shit how do I draw a splash? I don't know how to draw a splash. And I'm like traditionally trained. So, and so I ask him, I'm like, how do you draw a splash? And he looks at me like I'm an alien. And on this piece of paper, he just goes and does a little splash. <laughs> and that's it. Right. So like I was overthinking it by, you know, several thousand miles. And so an anatomy is that big land of like, ah, you could overthink anatomy, you know, real far. So how important is anatomy and how do you think about anatomy in this as a, you know, in creating toys and collectibles and things like that? Like, like real anatomy? Um, well, cause you've got some solid anatomy in here. I mean, you're not joking around. You got the lat, you got the coming in here for the wall, the rib cage, that pectoralis is coming in beautifully as an insertion right there into the deltoid. Like that's, that's gorgeous anatomy, right? Well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like exaggerated, economized mm -hmm. anatomy i guess mm -hmm. in, in, in a way and like this this style of figure um 
was uh, made. It was it was already it was it wasn't created by by me. Like another artist created this this uh, this style. Yeah. Um, his name was I don't know his last name. His name is but Vadim. He's the one that first started this this line of figures. And so yeah. I'm actually trying to like preserve his style in these in these figures. Um, yeah. And he yeah he kind of like does a lot of like sharper edges and like it's very exaggerated anatomy. Um, I do need to. That being said, I I'm getting a little rusty and like. Every, every time I have to do live drawing, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many muscles. I forget. Like there's just so many separate muscles. I always just like love them all together. Like, ah, oh, screw it. We're just going to lump all these together here. <laughs> here. Just like, like more, I just basically simplify the muscles. Uh, I mean, you have to know a little bit of anatomy, but um, I'm not exactly a, like an expert, right? Right. Yeah. So now if we look at your forearm over here, you've got, this clean curve coming into the, you know, the olecron process. Um, and you've got the extensors and the ridge muscles and, you know, but it, the essential element that's here, and I think this is the thing that's important to kind of understand is, you know, it's not about necessarily understanding each muscle, but you've got the muscle groups. Like, this is beautiful, you know, the way this functions. And you've got the essential element. So the question here really is, is, you know, what do people need to study in terms of anatomy and, and uh, do you have any advice or tips or whatnot so that they don't just kind of fall down a rabbit hole of, you know, two years. And I've, I now know the, you know, extensor carpi radialis brevis, but I don't really have a sense of how to sculpt this as a stylized thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, silhouette, well, I guess like silhouettes kind of important. Like you could, I guess you have to kind of, kind of like pull out a little bit. Like if you look at something too closely, like you remember when you were young and you, had, you used to draw like eyeballs and you, you like start with like the iris and like you start from the details, right? So yeah. a, a lot of way the way I work is you kind of like just like large shapes, right? You you kind of go from big shapes to small shapes, um, and work that way. Um, yeah, like that makes sense. Like the, the, so it, a giant triangle, and then you break it up further and further and further. Got it. You get to however much detail you want. Got it. All right. So that makes sense. So I originally was asking, you know, what are the ways in which you kind of start nowadays? And generally, you're given concept, um, you know, to work with. But you'll start with a basic kind of model. Polygonal modeling sounds like it still figures in pretty big in your process. Yeah. So that's great. Well, you know, kind of. Or you, you know what? Like most, most of the time, I just take an existing kind of base mesh that I have yeah. uh, and I'll, and I'll kind of like, yeah, I'll like warp it to the, to like basically like the, the basic shape of the character. Cause a lot of times, like I'm not getting like eight, eight heads tall figures all the time. Right. It's always right. different for me. Like sometimes I'll get like two head, two head sizes characters. Right. So I just like kind of mush that around in ZBrush until I get the right proportions. Mm -hmm. And then I either like, Take that back to Maya and, and reach apologize, or I or I just keep it the way it is in ZBrush and and keep going. I have some really really low poly uh, base meshes that I sometimes start with. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I like to start from scratch though. Got it. All right. And uh, what about 3D printing output? Do you have to worry about any of that stuff, or does somebody else deal with that? No, that's I have to worry about that stuff. You do. Uh, yes, I do. It sucks. Uh, well, not every contract. <laughs> I mean, for Ryan, I don't have to, but yeah, like keying and all that stuff, it's it's a nightmare. Yeah. Actually, no. Okay, ever since uh, I think ZBrush, like the light bullying thing, it like changed my life. <laughs> like where it, okay. something could take me probably three to four days to break up a sculpt, um, I can do in one, you know, a lot of times. Um, one so, one rough day. Yeah, one horrible day, but I, I can do it. <laughs> It's not, yeah, and I, and I can show you some examples of, of the keys, like for these Chrissy Sulo. Yeah, ones. God, I'd love to see it if you've got, if we can switch or if you can share or send me a link. You know, because I, I think that's one of the missing pieces too for, for a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, really strong ZBrush artists, like they're like, oh, look at what a good sculpture. And like they, another thing I don't do is like, I don't render or anything. So they're mm -hmm. like, yeah, like they're great sculptors, but in order to print something out, like in order to have it show up, um, it's not, it's not that easy. You have to kind of exaggerate a lot of edges and, uh, and like, uh, crevices, like you just have to kind of have to like exaggerate everything. So when it prints, 
it's going to get filled in a little bit and production yeah. is always going to fill in. That's why my, my, I think my stuff is more successful, especially my, my Batman line, because I tend to exaggerate edges a lot. And mm. after production, everything looks fine. But if you see the models before they get produced, like they're not that nice to look at. Um, that one's kind of the exception. Like that, that render looks good. But like the really stylized ones, like if you look at my files, they look like just awful. Um, and then they get printed and they look okay. Um, like you can see on that Superman, you see how like how hard edged everything is that I've, I've modeled in. Mm -hmm. Like his jaws is literally like just flat. You know, everything's flat. And then when you see the toy, it's a little bit more rounded out. And same thing with Lois Lane. Oh, so yeah, you can see it in the image in the background. Yeah, you can kind of see it. Um, the model doesn't I, I don't use I don't generally display a lot of my models because they're not super appealing to look at um, because you have to model a certain way. You have to sculpt it a certain way digitally in order to get it to print correctly. That's fascinating. So and then, yeah. OK, which is why and, you never see my my process work online, because it doesn't look uh -huh. good <laughs> other than this image. Yeah. That I that's a missing link, I think, for people. That's an important notion. Yeah, and that's really important. People that, that sculpt very, very subtle, like soft things. And and technology yeah. is getting better and better every day. But uh for people that do like very soft, subtle sculpture, uh organic stuff, like it's gonna get wiped out when it gets printed. Yeah. A lot of that stuff gets wiped out. Do you know what you're printing at? Do you know what the micron is that do they have like a um do they prep you with some expectation there or um no uh, well, I mean, assuming they're going to use like a super good printer, of course, but yeah. it's not just print. It's also production. Like, oh, they, that's right. They make yeah. like, like PVC molds, like all that stuff. It'll, it'll just dull every edge that you have. I got it. Yeah. So or, you could print it at 10 micron, but you're still going to have to deal with, you know, the mass yeah. production of it. Exactly. Uh, after that. And so I think that, that for that reason, a lot of my stuff has been successful, um, all this whole time because mm. of like how sharp everything is. That's great. Yeah. And that would be a problem for somebody to start out when they're presenting and, you know, they're just like, they make this beautiful, you know, clear thing inside of ZBrush, but it's not going to translate into production. Yeah, exactly. And another thing that I do a lot is like, like if you see all of my, like when I, when I submit things for reviews and stuff, like I don't mm -hmm. render anything. It's just like flat and it's, it looks awful. <laughs> so when they put the paint on it, it looks a little bit better and better. So people don't, that's another thing like when we I and I do it now, like I'll paint my models uh, as I'm sculpting them and it makes them look really good. But then sometimes if the painter's not as good, doesn't match it, it makes it look terrible. So I try to keep my sculptures like mostly gray mm -hmm. um, and and like just not very appealing. And so I have to force myself to make it super appealing to myself because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's so boring to look at. Um, and it makes I think it makes for like a better uh, product in the end uh, when it's printed. I love that. I think I feel like I kind of learned a little bit of a secret in there that, you know, people don't talk a lot about, you know, it's just ZBrush and sculpting and, you know, people spend all this, like maybe the subtle differences between the zygomatic and the cheek fat. But, you know, it's just such a simple plane that you put in there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I just kind of, yeah, I just put a big old edge in there. I use a lot of pinch. Okay, got it. So wh who inspires you? What inspires you? um like artists as far as artists yeah or or how else do you get your inspiration and your kind of motivation you know because you know this is an art field so you know you um, got to have the passion and the love for it right oh my god well like the basically it's kind it's kind of the way i like consume artwork like i i'm always like on twitter and instagram and i'm always like looking at people's i have a lot of artists that i follow yeah um online i love like babstar and like otto schmidt um god like I, I there's so many designers that I like artists illustrators that I follow mm -hmm. um, and every time I see like a really good image I'm like oh my god I want to sculpt it like so I have a lot of like 2d people that I like really 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 like admire uh, Bruce Bruce Tim obviously um mm -hmm. and then I, I have like uh there's an artist if you see below the the Wonder Woman and Supergirl there's a like that's my last personal piece the 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 Katrina with the guitar uh the, the little girl playing the guitar that's I guess that's kind of the the more the most recent personal piece mm -hmm. that's based off an, an artwork by Raul Trevino um and he's like a, a, a friend of mine now but like I didn't know him before I just saw his artwork and I was like oh my god I love your artwork I have to sculpt it 
and I like went ahead and sculpted it. Um, and then uh, he liked it and he gave me some pointers and then we together we produced the figure and we actually sold it. Oh, um, no way. Yeah. Uh, we so sold it you, as a resin kit. Okay. And do you, how do you sell these? Do you go into conventions? Do you kickstart? How do you get that out? Um, no, it was just like a small, like I still know how to like, um, we just did it like very old school garage kit. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it was 3D printed by a friend of mine, James Marsano. I'm going to like mm -hmm. name drop. Um, he put 3D printed it for me. I cleaned it up um, and we took it to a mold maker and they made copies and we took it to a painter and the, the painter obviously made like the painted copy you see now. Mm -hmm. um, and then we sold it. We sold it uh, last year at Wonderfest. This year at Wonderfest. Okay. Japan. How'd it go? I think it went well. We only we only had like we only made I think like 20 copies of it. Yeah. Like we didn't make that many copies because it's very it's like super old school. We didn't plan on like doing like a huge like sale of it or anything. It was just something that we both kind of liked and we're like, oh, let's try this. This is fun. So do you do conferences often like Wonderfest or any of those things? Yeah, I do like a lot of conferences. I like all the all the Comic Cons. Mm -hmm. um, Are um, you in Comic Con San Diego? Yeah, I do Comic Con San Diego, like WonderCon, CTN, DesignCon, Pasadena. Well, it's in Anaheim now. Um, and you do you make a you get a booth or like a table, I think, um, artist um, table for those. No, not usually. I don't usually get tables, but I, I do like I I've done a few panels as well. Um, mm -hmm. There's no, I, yeah, I'll just I, I like to visit all of them. I do have a table at Wonderfest. That's the one that we do uh, that I do sell things at, but that's yeah. in Japan. Does it help your career to, to do that and to have those booths or all of that stuff? Or The one in Japan, no. It's kind of like a, just a thing, a Japanese thing because I'm a big yeah. nerd. I mostly, <laughs> I mostly spend money. When, every time I go to a convention, I mostly spend money. I don't know who I'm kidding. I tell my tax guy that it's for, it's for work and that's going to help my career, but it doesn't. I just uh, spend a ton of cash. <laughs> I okay. And art prints. That's great. You know, it works with the tax guy. He just needs to hear the words. Oh, yeah. I also do like the, the, the Seabrush Summit. Like I, I do a lot of them. I have a lot of friends in the industry and I often don't, don't I don't see them all the time. So I have to go to a lot of these to meet up with friends and and to like buy more artwork that I don't need. <laughs> great. Get you out and away from the desk. And, uh, you know, Jason had one more question. I think it's pretty uh, interesting just to ask at this point. Um, is there much more traditional work jobs out there? Is everything digital or is there a mix? You know, what is your experience now in today's marketplace? Okay, so the last traditional place, piece I made was in 24. It's like a mid, like, fall of 2014 was the last mm -hmm. and i had no idea it was going to be my last one mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of sad i still have all my equipment I, there's it takes so much space to do traditional artwork yeah um yeah i had no idea that was it um i've had since then i've had one company ask me to do something traditionally and that was sideshow okay. um that was one year after that and literally like nothing since then that's it um, and a lot of my friends, same deal. Like, I don't think I know anybody still working traditionally anymore. Maybe, oh, you know what? Kent Melton. Mm, not even Sosa, right? Eric went digital. Oh, Eric. Oh, you know, yeah, Eric. Eric was in my house, like, when I first started. That's funny. <laughs> he was I what, sorry? He was in my house when I started doing this. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I know Eric. I've been to oh, Eric's house. Eric's a great guy. He didn't even mention it. That's what? terrible. Yeah, he knew I was doing an interview. He's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I'll hang around for a little bit, and then I'm gonna leave, and then he left. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you say you're in Phoenix? No, I'm in LA. Okay, all right, good. Yep. Well, that's awesome. You have to say hi to him next time. We actually did a talk with him just a little while ago. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, I don't think it's been out yet. Um, okay. I, I was kind of saving that for the for the end because he he kind of, you know, you know, Eric, he's got great energy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did, we've done a lot of conventions together, actually. Oh, yeah, I got to do it. Eric and I have—we actually share a table in Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a Wonder Wonderfest then. Wonderfest Japan, yeah. Sweet. All right, so Jason, you got any more questions? Now that I've purloined all of your questions. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you did a great job, right? <laughs> thanks, thanks. It's like uh, you know, I'm, I might be a professional. Nope. 
Yeah, no, almost, right? Almost. <laughs> uh, I, I guess really the question that pops out to me is, uh, Irene, like you don't have to look for work anymore. It kind of comes to you now. But if you're breaking into the industry, is there a place that art directors that you're specifically targeting would see something? Wait, sorry. So uh, if I if if I'm looking for for work, yeah. If um, you were looking for work, if you were either in the industry but only recently, or you were trying to break in, okay. Is there a Comic Con or a forum or a place on somewhere on the web that you would post something to to have the art directors that you're trying to target to get a job to look at stuff? Oh yeah, of course. So um, well that's that's another thing. If you're looking for work, I mean, it depends what you're looking for. The, the first thing should be you should make work that looks like the work that you want to do right um, to get noticed and if that if that if your work if you're trying to do like sideshow style work um, definitely like you know like go to monster palooza make something that you think um, that you think uh, sideshow would want to see or that looks like something sideshow would make and same thing like if you want to do like like Disney style um, work like make that kind of work and go to the conventions that you know Disney's going to be at. Like, do your research. Like, you know, Disney hires out of, like, they do portfolio reviews at CTN. Um, find out what schools they go to to look for portfolios. Like, uh, for a lot of collectibles work, uh, we use ArtStation a lot, like, to look for, uh, like, people to hire. I, I've seen them use, like, Instagram, ArtStation, just make yourself, you know, uh, visible. It's a little bit harder now. It's not like it used to be when I first started because there wasn't a lot of us, but now there's a lot of people. Um, I definitely like hit up, um, if you know, like for example, Corey Loft just works at Disney. Like I'm gonna ruin it for him, but like do something that, do something like of his artwork because you know he's he's working for Disney. So make something that he's already made and show it to him and like, and so on. Just, you know, do a little bit of research. Okay, and do you that's, suggest that's, that's having it. multiple pieces or just, one specific piece for that kind of job? And how um, technical do you go? Like, do you make all the keys for it or you just do the concept sculpt kind of thing? Um, so, okay, so I would do, if you, if you do like one really good one, if all your work looks somewhat like Disney and DreamWorks, you know, like animated styles, like, that's fine. If you make one really, really good one, make sure you promote the hell out of it um, mm -hmm. on social media. And and like 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 I said, if you're gonna make like, let's say you want to make something based off of like Corey Loftus's work or like you know Dave Igo from Sideshow, like he's our director there, like make something that like based off of his work, impress impress them, impress the people that are like making the work um, for for the studio that you want to work for or company. Okay, so. You're saying the technical aspects aren't as important as getting the no, eyeballs on the piece. It's not like, I mean, once you, if you want to, I mean, obviously make sure you have that base covered as well. If, if it does get to the point where they notice you and now, okay, mm -hmm. let me see, let me see your wireframe or whatever. Let me see your, like, if you're into video games, obviously like, like, let, let me see all your, your textures and let's see like all the technical stuff. So make sure you line that up, but I don't think it's really necessary just to get noticed off the bat. Okay. All right. Well, that was my my question. Awesome. All right, Lewis had a question, and I think we'll probably wrap this up. I think Rashid had a, another question. So, um, but Lewis was wondering, uh, how long does it take to complete a piece? And you know, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of variety in here. Um, but can you give us just a sense of like you know the process and time frame? And you know, do they give you two weeks? Do they give you a month? How's that work? Uh, for like collectibles pieces? Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, because I've also done I also done like production artwork for films and stuff, but like for a collectible statue start to finish. Yeah. Um, uh, I've actually finished one in under three weeks, which is, which is a lot because it was like a whole base and a bunch of, uh, it's actually the, um, there's a Harley Quinn with a bunch of hyenas um, that I actually finished in under, yeah, that one. Oh, Wait, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, it's that, the Ho Harley's Holiday. Yeah, that one. Um, and it's it's easier when it's animated for me because I can go really fast. Um, but let's see. So I can block. You block in about like two weeks to block in, and then you get like feedback. 
it ends up being more like uh, at least six weeks. And then it's like another week to kind of, because once they say like, cool, it's approved. And on a statue, you have to like key and cut it up and like do a bunch of other stuff to make it work, finish whatever texture work you're doing. Like you, it, it takes like maybe, I would say like mm, six weeks for something easy, start mm -hmm. to finish. Uh, harder projects, like big statues, quarter scale statues, they could, they usually go like eight months, nine months. Uh, my longest project I did for Mondo and it was like a year and two months. Um, wow. So it's, it's actually not a lot. It's not, it's not a lot in your control. A lot of the times it's the art directors or the designers. It's just how long it takes them to approve it. Mm -hmm. um, and and some of those like Batman figures I've made in like less than two weeks because they were rushed. And that's kind of how you make more money, by the way. If, if it's like when you have like rush jobs and then you finish and it's it's gotta be done on a certain date, that's actually a really nice job because you're gonna get paid uh, quicker than if you sit there and noodle on something for like two months, like you're just wasting money at that point, you know? So if, you, if you can get like those rush jobs and they pay out quick, Mm -hmm. It's really, it's a, it's a beneficial thing. So are you dealing with mostly flat rate then? The way uh, pay works right now yeah. um, for, for collectibles and statues. Yeah. It's project pay. It's definitely mostly project pay. Um, okay. I, but I've worked a lot of like in-house jobs. I'll work like, I'll do like a day fee. I'll do a weekly contract sometimes for like, I think it's stop motion. I was doing like weekly or, or daily, like if I if I set foot in the studio, yeah, they have to pay me my, my full rate. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I've done all sorts of. I've done hourly for Disney. I was hourly. Um, so yeah, I've done all sorts of uh, different pay, uh, different ways of pay. That's awesome, Irene. Thank you so much for um, for spending this uh, this bit of time with us and giving us this insight. Yeah, this was great. Thanks a lot, Irene. Oh yeah, sorry. The, for the for the last question, um, usually trending. We look at trending. Rashid, yeah. you're referring to Rashid. So uh, on ArtStation, do you look for specific tags or just the trending page? Thanks for picking that up. I forgot. Yeah, or sorry. Page. I, I just saw that now. Um, so I personally like I I will occasionally hire people um, uh, to to work for me, um, mm -hmm. and I I do do trending, but. Uh, I can say that like for, for things like Riot, a company like that, where it's very important that they know that you know that they, uh, their IP, I, I will do specific tags. Like I'll look up like Riot characters specifically um, on ArtStation. And if people have done like fan sculpts or whatever, that's mostly what we pick out of. Oh, I, cool. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, I think we've learned a ton. So you guys, uh, Instagram is going to be the best place to um, to follow Irene, you see, Irene Weenie, <laughs> Irene Matar. <laughs> I love that over there um, at Instagram. I, I will yeah. update. My, I'm planning on updating my art station. It's been a, it's been like a kind of a busy year, and uh, yeah, so cool. I will update that more. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for spending the time. Say hi to Eric for me next time that he, uh, he just wanders you. in. <laughs> it was great to talk to you guys. All right. Take care of yourself. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.